Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Hey everyone, this is Rachel Hutchison and welcome to another episode of the SG Engage podcast. Today, I am joined by Carrie Needfelt-Thomas, who is the Managing Director of CECP. And we're here today to talk about how companies are leading with purpose. And this this means a whole lot of different things, which we're going to unpack today. But welcome to the podcast, Carrie. Thank you. It's great to be here with you. So let's just start um, and have you tell our listening audience a little bit about you and what you do. I work for CECP. I'm the managing director. CECP stands for Chief Executives for Corporate Purpose. It's a CEO-led coalition, and we are a trusted advisor to companies on their corporate purpose journeys to build long-term sustainable value and to tell their impact story. We were founded in 1999 by Paul Newman and other corporate CEOs. Uh, Many think of him on a salad dressing bottle, but he was also an actor and a philanthropist. And the goal was to create a better world through business. And we've grown to a coalition of more than 200 of the world's largest companies. And in our role, we support CEOs and their corporate responsibility teams on their corporate purpose strategies. That includes a range of issues. And we do it through benchmarking trends, convenings, research and communications. Yes, and Blackboard is proud to be a member of CECP, a great organization, great place for me as a global social responsibility leader to talk with peers and learn and also for our CEO to engage with other CEOs about what they're seeing in the world of purpose. So we see your work up close and personal and are proud to be there. This year has been, well, I should say this like past year and a half has been quite interesting and it's exposed a lot about society and the workplace. So I'd like to start by asking you high level, what do you think companies have learned from this year and a half? They've learned a lot. They have come to understand the importance of listening to community first on what it needs. At times, there were only a few people inside of a company who had that role, but now broadly, everyone in a company understands that that's part of their work, Uh, how to get close to society, how to be responsive. It ranges from community partners, such as struggling of some with digital inclusion, a rural broadband to others needing to access more around a food shelf. It's also been companies thinking about their role in society with innovation and in solving a pandemic that there are obviously needs and companies decided they weren't going to wait around for the government. We got this. We're going to get our products and vaccines out the door and we're going to help society in this moment of need. Companies were also reminded that part of their community is their employees and that they have to come first and they have to be mindful of their well-being. And uh, they learned they could be flexible and adaptive as a large entity, that people could work from home. We can do grant making that is general operating support, not just programs. We could do virtual volunteering. And companies are all on their own racial equity journey. And they realize that acknowledging failure And then quickly backing it up with some sort of action was critical way for them to advance what they probably partially had been considering previously. Yeah. So you have, there's a whole lot in there and I agree with all of it, you know, community needs, particularly today, let's understand those needs and those needs are changing. And let's not just assume we have the answer. You talked about employees coming first and employees 
really are like your first community. And, and if you didn't know it before, you should know it now at racial equity. And then I know we'll probably touch on it a little bit later, but ESG, the whole ESG journey that's, that's happening. I know our company is charting it and really, um, you know, taking specific steps to be really mindful about what's important to us and then how we share that with all our stakeholders. So let's unpack a couple of these areas. So let's start with racial equity or more broadly, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So CECP has been really focused on this. So can you talk about what's been going on there? Absolutely. CECP started on a journey with our companies about four years ago. We launched an Accelerate community on systemic investments and equity, talent, and tech. And we held that for two years. Uh, We put out a paper and a video. And then we also held another community, a curated community of practice, an Accelerate community on diversity, equity, and inclusion for two years. Uh, We put out a report on diversity and inclusion and corporate social engagement that really looked at a number of issues that companies were working through. And I would say that this is both what companies are looking at inside their companies and also outside their companies and how they're working with their communities and then how they bring alignment to those two. The equity, talent, and tech one, that was because companies were spending a lot of funds on STEM education, but yet they weren't necessarily seeing uh, their pipeline change in companies you know, that they were looking to recruit and retain employees, and they weren't seeing a change. Same for companies looking at a number of their functions. We know that our companies that we work with have also been combining their corporate responsibility and their diversity, equity, and inclusion functions inside their company. Our data shows that two years ago, 11% of companies had combined them, and it's grown to 33%. So it's on the upswing that companies recognize that they have core business needs, And those need to be aligned with what's happening broadly in society through their partnerships and solving community issues. And so the work that we've been doing over this past year has been continue on what we've done. Uh, We have held a number of corporate peer discussions. We did some of that in partnership with ACCP, Points of Light, and Council on Foundations. Uh, We held 30 of them on a number of different topic areas, but all of them had an underpinning of racial equity issues that companies were identifying that they needed to identify during the pandemic. And then we also did a two-day convening of companies, specifically on racial equity, on moving companies from promise to action. And we know a lot of companies came out with statements, but very quickly they were identifying that they had to figure out how are we going to do this? So companies have been looking at uh, specifically their employee resource groups and how they're working inside their company and supporting their employees, providing education, bringing in speakers. Uh, Additionally, they're looking at how they're recruiting. We always go back to the same ways we recruited. Maybe we need to change it so we can get a different result. Uh, They're looking at ways that they can retain employees. Uh, For example, how many women do you have in promotion tracks inside of your company? How many people of color do you have on your corporate board? All of these are issues that companies are wrestling with. We do know from some of our research, our Investing in Society report uh, that we just put out this year, that we did a factor analysis across a range of Bloomberg-reported ESG metrics, and we could see 
see that there was very limited reporting on the social and the governance metrics for companies. A lot of environment metrics, a lot of e-metrics, but that companies are working on this, but yet they're figuring out how are we going to measure it and how are we going to report transparently that we're seeing some real change? So this has been a journey. We've been doing it ourselves as an organization, but we are in this with our companies to be able to support them in the work that they're trying to lead. Yeah, yeah, that's all great. And I know that you call it leading with humility. I think that's a really great, great um, way to think about it. Um, we're on our own journey. We have our diversity and inclusion is in our people function, but it is very matrixed into global social responsibility. There's a lot of crossover. The D- I'm on the diversity and inclusion council. The head of diversity and inclusion account, uh, leader is on the ESG steering committee that I lead. There's a lot of collaboration every day because it is so connected. It's about our people. It's about our communities. It's about our business. Exactly. So there are a lot of things that we could talk about when we talk about people and understanding that your people are your first audience and are really important. But one really important topic, and I know I think about this a lot, is well-being. And that's, you know, here are all these people who we went virtual overnight, 3,100 of us, and did it and supported our customers. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it was good for everybody. Um, it provided flexibility, but at the same time, we've all been working super hard and there's isolation, there are family pressures, let alone pressures just about the disease itself. So let's talk about, I guess, understanding frontline needs and employee well-being. The employee certainly over the years has become one of the most important stakeholders, but in 2020, it became the most important stakeholder for a company. And uh, we've talked for years about employee voice, how younger generations are speaking up and they're mm-hmm. expecting their employer to step up and speak. And that's given CEOs and the C-suite the power and the confidence that their employees want to hear from them, that they want to see them lead. But it is no wonder to us that we saw companies responding for their company, for their employees uh, in an amazing way, keeping them safe during the pandemic. Some were even making claims that they were not going to be doing any layoffs if possible, uh, protective gear, and of course, the working from home. Uh, We also know that a lot of companies really were looking at as their employees, as frontline workers uh, for some industries, and how are they keeping them safe? Are they providing them livable wages? You know, a lot of CEOs are saying, can our employees have a decent life with the wage that we're paying them? And uh, we're also really probing companies to think differently about second chance hiring and retention. We know that Edelman, when they put out their report recently, uh, leading with empathy, that they said that CEO stands for Chief Empathy officer. And CEOs really have had to adapt their model to, of course, drive toward goals, make sure that they have the outcomes that they're looking for, but they're also needing to make sure that they can retain their talented workforce during this tumultuous time in society. We have just developed a partnership with Gallup. And this partnership is looking at Uh, some five scientifically validated questions that companies can build into their regular surveying and benchmarking internally with their employees. And one of the questions that they can ask is about their well-being and ask your employees, does my organization care about my overall well-being? And being able to tie that back to are we performing as a company as we promised our employees that we would gives a company a chance to reflect and potentially make some 
some changes along the way. We know that this last year, uh, with, of course, the pandemic, but then additionally, the killing of George Floyd, we recognize that at our recent CECP summit, because we know that in this crisis, the world is really going through trauma. There's economic trauma, there's personal crises, and for companies to be able to connect back to who is it that we want to support our employees first because they're going to help us do what we need to do in the world? And I think companies have uh, recognized that uh, not only is it that an employee power of their voice is important, but that also helping them to feel connected to their company community is critical. Yeah, that's we think so much about um, employees and wellness. And we have Wellness Wednesdays. We used to have Mindful Mondays. And we were sending out resources to people and really trying to, you know, we taught our leaders not only about leading virtually, but also really, really listening to what the employee says and needs. And, you know, you say, well, you always do that. Well, it, we're in a different world right now. And, and I think the world has shifted in ways that, that won't shift back. So we have to learn some new skills and new approaches. And I love that chief empathy officer. So let's talk about ESG a little bit. So near and dear to my heart, we Blackwood just released our third social responsibility report. It's definitely a journey. We included ESG data. You know, every year we intend to include more and more. And part of that is just building the capacity to identify and track and measure so that you can appropriately release information. But it seems like ESG is everywhere. Like it's, I get so many things into my inbox saying, come and learn and talk about this. So how do you think, since you see across so many companies are thinking about this today? ESG can mean many things to many companies. And so where CECP falls, we support companies wherever they are on a continuum of understanding or in the range of ways that they're looking at ESG. So ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. And it means both the programs that companies are managing inside of their company. They're looking inward and they're determining what are we doing? What can we report on? What can we measure? How do we operate with excellence? What kinds of commitments can we make? And then after all that data is collected, they put it into a report, as you all just did. So congratulations. Yep, I used to work in of a company. I know how much work that is. And um, then after the report is out, then companies are also looking at how they're connecting with investors who are prioritizing those kinds of commitments, often referred to as sustainable finance. This is investor relations looking outward to demonstrate that long-termism, a forward-looking set of disclosures and commitments that a company can make, it demonstrates that the company is prepared for its future. So several years ago, we developed our CEO Investor Forum. It's a network of companies committed to ESG and long-termism, not just quarterly returns that often are the individuals who call into earnings calls for companies. And we've had close to 40 CEOs who delivered their long-term plans. But it's not just publicly traded companies that are looking at ESG. A lot of privately held companies are a part of a big supply chain that's requiring them to provide transparency, to be able to report on human rights, to report on how are your, what does your water usage look like? So companies are taking all of the information inside their company and using it across their supply chains to be able to communicate their story of how they are 
being responsible companies. We know from our Global Impact at Scale report, this is a partnership on a report with our global exchange partners around the world, that seven out of 10 companies are expanding their ESG reporting. They know that it's important. And the companies are recognizing their operational efficiencies. Certainly, money can be saved by adopting some practices, but it's also demonstrating more really around the purpose of your company. And we know from our return on paper, purpose paper, that companies that are associated with high purpose, they are outperforming on common measures of financial performance, their valuation, and the value creation that they have. So companies are thinking about ESG in a big way, but all of these metrics are interconnected. They're not just standalone. They are cross-functionally happening across companies. They are happening at all levels of a company. And really, when you can build them into performance measures for individuals, and then it rolls up overall for the company, that's how you get the best results. Yeah, it is. It does include a lot of different people. So we have a steering committee that we have board oversight, board committee, et cetera. Our CEO co-chairs the ESG steering committee with me. And then we have representatives. You know, one of our lead people is um, one of our leaders in the facilities um, operations area. But we also have, you know, cybersecurity, data privacy, customer success, um, you know, marketing communications, all different people who who bring different lenses to ESG to the table, um, obviously DNI, HR, et cetera. And it's, it's both strategy, you know, it's a part of our, our strategy as a company, um, but also, you know, individual people walking in the door their first day at work who want to know what can I do? How can I be a part of this? Exactly. Um, so I don't think it's going away. I don't think it should, but I think it's definitely uh, arrived and is going to continue to Absolutely. evolve. And the Uh, fact that you all have connected it to your board is a demonstration that at the highest levels inside your company, you are having those conversations and providing that transparency. That's critical. That's how you really know it's arrived in your company is that your board is having conversations about it. Yeah, for sure. So what about standing up for, you could say for what quote unquote is right, but then there's the whole question of who gets to decide what's right. So companies making statements you know, how do you chart these waters? I think that CEOs have been hearing for a long time that they need to speak out. And we've been tracking every year through our convenings, closed door gatherings of CEOs, a number of different questions that we'll ask them. But the one that we've repeatedly asked that has had a line going straight up the top of the chart is what do you believe as a CEO that you can do to make the greatest long-term sustainable value for your company, and that is speaking out with their own voice. And so CEOs have said, okay, I know I need to speak out. And you've, I'm sure, I know, read the Edelman information that business is seen as the most trusted institution among government, media, nonprofits, and business. And this is U.S. and globally. But then additionally, employees are stating that their specific employer is the most trusted institution for them. So CEOs know they have to take a stand and their C-suite is backing that up 
behind them. Uh, we did a quick survey of companies, one of our pulse surveys after the January capital attack and companies with a PAC shared that two thirds of them suspended their contributions to send a message about the stability that they want. And that is really clarifying their business practices. That is the G governance we talked about in the ESG. That is saying what's important to them. We know a number of companies have really adopted recently some of the stop Asian American Pacific Islander hate camp campaigns, uh, such as AT&T and SD Lauder. And they're committed to saying that, you know, we have a vision for what a welcoming community should be. And we want to make sure that this kind of purpose communications and how we can really demonstrate that is for all of our stakeholders. Our customers need to know it, not just our employees. And companies are, uh, are standing up for what they believe is core to their business and core to what's important to their stakeholders. Yeah, and that's important what you just said there, core to their business and core to their stakeholders, because, you know, you could feel like the pressure to say something about everything. And that's that's hard. Like you'd spend all your time saying something about everything and you have other things that you need to do to, to right. honor your stakeholders. So Absolutely. interesting waters we are charting. So you have shared a whole uh, lot in this this brief conversation. And I know that you have studies and reports that are tied to some of this, of what you've already said. And I'd love for you to take us through what those studies are and where people can find out more about them. Thank you. I will love to have anyone who's interested to download any of our reports. They are publicly available. Uh, So you go to cecp.co and under thought leadership resources, we have a number of reports. Uh, all you have to do is just put in that you would like it emailed to you and we'll send you these reports. Additionally, we put out regular blogs of various pieces of information. I just mentioned about one on companies speaking out. We have a blog that we put out on how and when to speak out or how to be able to lead with humility or how companies are investing in society. So encourage you to check out some of our blogs also. And if you're interested in working with CECP and you're a company that's 2 billion and larger, uh, reach out to me or a purpose-driven company even. Let us know because we are here to be able to support the companies that are wanting to continue on their journey and provide support to their CEOs and their, their full teams. Yeah, and we are not two billion and larger, but we are a member because you had this wonderful category called Pace Setter, where you said, Hey, we think that you're doing things that are important and we'd love to have you engaged and we're deeply honored about that. And we 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 learn so much from our, our fellow members. And I have to say I really love the pulse questions because it also validates for me that, oh, okay. Uh, someone else is thinking about the same thing that I'm thinking about. And I haven't seen one yet this year that I didn't say, oh, yeah, good question. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And it's interesting to see you know, where people fall. And some people are, oh, wow, we're just not even thinking about that yet, or we're fully implemented. It's a whole range in between. Well, thank you for participating in them. And if you have any ideas of questions that come up through your podcast, please let me know. We're glad to to feel them out and hear what the field is interested in. Well, so Carrie, before we end up, do you want to just give out the names of some of those key reports that you mentioned? So if someone goes onto your site, cecp.co, goes to thought leadership, what are the key reports you would recommend? Key reports, um, we have the oldest historical data set on corporate community investments called Giving in Numbers. It's a 
20 plus year, we have a partnership with Blackbaud on that actually, in being able to help companies facilitate their inclusion of their data in that report. So giving in numbers is one I would recommend, investing in society, those are our two annual publications. Uh, we also put out a report on diversity and inclusion and corporate social engagement. We have our value volunteering report that we put out our return on purpose paper, and would also recommend our global impact at scale report. That's the one with our global exchange partners around the world. Those are the, the top ones I would read. And of course, we have many, many more. We have one yeah, on ESG and, and many yeah. others that we've put out over the years. Yeah. And you, and just to our listening audience, these are not like 55 page reports. They're, they're very concise. They're very meaningful. They're easy to consume and I'd highly recommend them myself. So Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's great to connect with you and uh, look forward to hearing all the great conversations that you'll have going forward with, with new guests. Yes. And I look forward to seeing you in person someday soon when we're actually together and, and not online all the time. So to the SG Engage podcast audience, I want to say thank you for joining us for another episode. Please check out all of our episodes in our library and hope you have a great rest of the day. This is Rachel Hutchison signing off.